Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. Regina's only downtown brewery. Well, John, it is easily the most wonderful time of the year in Canada. You know, the well, the weather sucks, but I mean, no, what we terrible. really love about this time of year, not because Christmas is around the corner or anything like that, it's just we are into the nitty-gritty of the CFL season. This is really... What we've been waiting for all year. The playoffs are here, and by God, are we glad it is. Yes, it, it seems like the CFL regular season, to me, and maybe this is a hot, cold take, it could be about two weeks shorter, to me. You're starting to see a lot of repeat matchups. You're just getting ready for football. Fall comes around, and it's about darn time. And I can tell you, Joel, um, the playoffs even though it's way too cold outside, but I'm sure we'll get into that. I I don't know who's going to win the whole thing this year. I don't know who's going to make the game. I don't know who's going to win this weekend, and we're recording on a Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's that's just the year it's been in the CFL, right? Like, it, it makes sense that we probably have the most, you know, the most unrealistic, the most anything-can-happen kind of playoffs this year in the CFL when you consider that's, kind of how the whole regular season has went, where really, other than Toronto and Montreal being garbage most of the year, we didn't really know a damn yeah. thing about any other team all year. So why would we know no. now? Why would if anyone who believes, who says, you know, they may have their takes and they may have, they have their opinions, but don't really trust anyone who comes out and says they know for sure what's going to happen over the next three weeks. <laughs> Unless they're like Doctor Strange and he can see a million and one different futures like the Avengers movie. And then Always trust Doctor Strange. Yeah, and if that person does exist, they should be filthy rich because they should have been able to bet on, like, every single champion in their entire life, right? Right, right. So if you see that person, if you see a guy at a game with a cape that kind of has a mind of its own, and he's got, like, a Fu Manchu, um, put him and in we're, a box and not, We're not talking about, like, the normal writer fan in a cape who's had too many beers. Oh, right, right. You <laughs> should probably specify that, that you don't want. So don't just go abducting random dudes and Fu Manchus with capes 
it could end badly for you because I really doubt they're Doctor Strange. Uh, probably not. It might be their nickname, but I don't imagine they would be the actual <laughs> Doctor Strange. I, 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 I can safely say that don't abduct somebody because they might look like Doctor Strange might be the one guaranteed thing, the one guaranteed statement I'm bound to get correct for the whole season and for the rest of this episode. Yes, we can. We can. I think we can safely say that. So, yes, obviously the playoffs are here for the first time in over 40 years, which is crazy to think the Riders are playing the Bombers in the Western semifinal on Sunday yeah. afternoon at Mosaic Stadium. We'll get into that game, kind of what we're thinking and what we're not thinking about this game at this point, really. In a little bit, we'll also talk a little bit about uh, the player awards and uh, some other news and notes and even, yes, the Fighting Lobsters. Yes, I've started the thing, and I like it. You sure have. You should be proud for finally starting a thing besides pantaloons. That, that, that's end betwixt. Um, so, yes, yeah, so what about the fighting lobster? I want some fighting lobsters pantaloons. So, uh, I, I will say, uh, reveal the curtain a little bit. Mm-hmm. Joel and I were talking last week that, okay, every time we talk about a Halifax story, maybe I should come up with a different name for the team. And then the Fighting Lobsters just took off so well. I, um, nope, no other names. I think uh, I need to spend 50 bucks, lay down a deposit, and just throw Fighting Lobsters in there and see what happens. Yeah, it would be worth the investment, I think. Absolutely. I would absolutely say so. I'm sure Fake Gator will uh, back us up, send us some cash. I don't know if you'd go that far, but (laughs) he'll definitely (laughs) provide some moral support. We'll put it that way. (laughs) Uh, Moral support AF. Absolutely. So before we get into all that, as usual, um, you know, something that is always good any time of year. Uh, what's in uh, the glass this week, John? I close my eyes. I, I have rearranged my beer fridge. I have beers for me, mm-hmm. beers for people I kind of like, and then my specialty beers. Uh, so I just closed my eyes. I reached in. I grabbed a pile of bones, Session Ale, a Again, cannot go wrong, and I can definitely drink it after having far too many of them at your wedding. Yeah, absolutely. Taste this back. Yeah. <laughs> for me, um, there was a, a debut beer for us here on the, the three down Greencast today. I got them last week and saving one for a little bit for today just to do it. It's uh, the new in cans, the Scar Street Blonde from uh, Pile of Bones. I know a lot of people have been waiting for this beer to be out in a can. It's just a great, straightforward, you know, beer is beer. If you like beer for the taste of beer, then this is the one that you should probably try. So if you're not a craft beer drinker and you're kind of looking to get into it, the Scar Street Blonde is a really good entry point. So uh, look for that in uh, six packs now at uh, your local private liquor stores. Well, I guess I know where I'm going after I podcast tonight. To the bathroom? Uh, yeah, and then probably <laughs> to hang out with with my wife and son, and then probably to get my jacket on, and then probably to the liquor store. If it's not close, you know, it's not close by then, right? Yeah, I mean, it'd be uh, a quest. It would be. It'd be a bit of a quest this evening. Uh, the riders mm-hmm. about to begin their quest, as we use that as a nice little segue for their, I got you, fam, for their fifth Grey Cup title, and uh, one that you say I would wouldn't say is out of the question. Are they the favorites? I don't know. I don't know who would be considered the favorite at this point, but they're certainly in the conversation. Um, If you read the Three Down Nation power rankings this week, speaking of uh, pulling the curtains back, uh, our esteemed leader, Drew Edwards, messaged us in our group chat and said, hey, would it be okay? Would it be cool if I took our power rankings chat on here and put it on the story? And my actual response was like, as long as you agree with us and not Ryan Valentine, it's all good. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> there was a pretty good discussion on the power rankings because Ryan was a little upset that I think he was the only one that had Calgary at one. 
and the rest of us kind of yes. had them between two and four ish in that range. And I basically said, well, well, number one, my theory was, well, I couldn't really justify changing my rankings based on a week where no one had anything to play for. Number right. one, number two, I said, well, realistically, I think you could, there's probably four teams. If you told me in three weeks that they had won the gray cup, I would not be surprised. That's the Calgary Stampeders, right. the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and the Ottawa Red Blacks. If, if BC or Hamilton won the Grey Cup, that would be, you know, it's a CFL, stranger things have happened, but that those are the only two teams that would be like, whoa, really? That's crazy. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. otherwise, the, the, any of the other four teams, if they won, I'd be like, yep, that makes sense. I, I think, to counterpoint that, I think if I was going to a coma, for the next three weeks, and you told me any of the six teams won, I don't think I'd be surprised. I don't think there's that much of a gap betwixt uh, that. I, I do think there are some favorites, some co-favorites, but I think the matchups in terms of the co-favorites, like, let's face it, I would put the three teams in the West ahead of the three teams in the East in terms of favorites. Yeah. Only one of those teams is going to make it there, and then, as you said on Twitter, and we say so often... When it's down to one game, it comes down to weather, Lux, uh, who went out and got way too zesty the night before, who who couldn't sleep. There's so many variables that I, I wouldn't find any of those teams surprising. I think BC can march through and win it all against either a, a, a Calgary team that's <laughs> so shown good, some holes, so, a rider. So BC team. is going to win more games on the road in the playoffs than they did all season? Possibly. It's been that game. <sighs> no, that's not going to happen. I, it could. You, ne- you never. I, I, I would say of all the teams, I wouldn't be shocked. Like my jaw wouldn't hit the floor. I would say out of all the uh, out of the six teams in the playoffs, BC would by far be the most surprising for exactly mm-hmm. that point. I, I, think, I, I, think, I, I think I think Hamilton would be in the discussion a little more if they had Brandon Banks in the lineup. To me, losing right. him is a huge loss because he's clearly the motor that makes that offense go. Yeah, I mean certainly, but I still think that there's enough enough talent with that Hamilton team that if they were to win, I wouldn't be sh- like, nobody would shock me to win. I'm with you. There's a top four and then the other two, but uh, it, it's not like either one of them is such a long shot, especially with how bizarre the CFL playoffs are sometimes that I, I would consider anybody not winning unrealistic. Right. I mean, cause then the question yeah. comes down to if you have to pick a favorite, out of those four teams. So identify the top four. Mm-hmm. Who do you pick? <laughs> uh, I don't have a clue. I, I, I will say I will say with certainty that it's not Ottawa. And that's kind of what I... Okay. I like, in our th- power ranking discussion, I basically said, you know, you could put any three... You could put three of teams in the top four as, as number one. So I, I think if right. in any given power rankings, if you saw Winnipeg... Saskatchewan or Calgary ranked number one, that's probably right. Ottawa deserves to be in the top four, but I'm not sure if they're a number one ranked team, if you get what I'm saying. Like, you, yeah, if, no, if you no, had no, them no, in that two to yeah. four range, I could live with it, but I am i don't think they're, like, a top-ranked team by any stretch. So, yeah, like, I, I think Ottawa is an easy favorite out of these because they should win. They only have to win one game to get there. So that puts them yeah. in the conversation. Are they leading the pack? Probably not. But so it's between the other three, really, who you think is the favorite, and you could come up with legitimate reasons why... Any of them really could be. 
I mean, it's, and you have reasons why they shouldn't either. I mean, Calgary's, they've looked beatable this year. They're not, they're not at the same level they have in the last few years. Saskatchewan mm-hmm. doesn't have an offense. And Winnipeg's just Winnipeg in the playoffs. So, <laughs> I mean, and they have, and they have to go through Saskatchewan and Calgary on the road just to get to the Grey Cup. And that's a whole other thing, right? So, you know, right. there's all these reasons why they can't win. And there's reasons why they can win. And it's just, ah, but it's going to be so fun to watch. Now, now I'm, I'm going to throw this out there to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are the two co-favorites of the Grey Cup playing each other this Sunday at Mosaic Stadium? Is the winner of that game the favorite? I think so. And that, I, I, I agree. And I know uh, you know Stamps fans aren't going to want to hear that. And or maybe maybe this is maybe this is the the kick the Stamps need for once to finally get over that hump right. a little bit where they say, well, you know what, people actually don't believe in us this year. You know, and right. no one and no one no sport loves to have no sport is motivated more by people not believing in them than football. So if they can get that you know underdog mentality that hasn't had a chance to brew in Calgary for the last, like, 20 years to all of a sudden yeah. be there because no one really, well, not no one, but fewer people believe in them than ever, then maybe that's the kick they need. But I I would agree. I was, you know, we were kind of talking off air, and I talked with uh, Jamie and I of CJME from this yesterday, too, where I'm like, I think the winner of Saskatchewan in Winnipeg is going to win the Grey Cup. I just right. don't know who the heck I'm going to pick in that game. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, and it, and it's and it's so incredibly difficult because I mean you look you know focusing in yeah we've talked all season long about the offensive struggles and yet this is an offense that went out in a must win game against Calgary and all of a sudden had a competent quarterback. Uh, we are recording so late on 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 Thursday because you and I discussed last week um, what's going to happen. Is this going to be Caleros watch 2017 or 2018? Drew mm-hmm. Tate's been signed. What's going on here? And Caleros has been at practice and it looks like he will start. Yeah. Um, but it's just it's so funny that this is a team that their defense has been the best, if not, you know, a one A, one B situation the entire season mm-hmm. that didn't show up for a couple of games. And the offense has been has spent thirteen games looking like my Lloydminster flag football league could beat them, and all, all of a sudden in three or four games have shown up and just torn it up. So who's showing up? Mm-hmm. Is is the offense that got blanked by Winnipeg showing up, or is the defense that made Matt Nichols look like John Fraser going to show up like they did in Labor Day in the Banjo Bowl. It's just, it is so, it's a great rivalry. I think it's going to be a great football game. And I'm with you. I, I, I don't know who to pick. And of course, there's always the fact that, you know, Winnipeg going to Winnipeg. So I would, I would almost argue based on home field, not sold out. We'll get into that in a minute. (laughs) And the fact that Winnipeg going to Winnipeg, that I, I'd say the Riders are the favorite. This if I had to pick, gun to my head, I would be picking the Riders this weekend because I think it's going to be about minus ten in Regina. Defense generally wins those kind of games. Winnipeg's defense has looked far superior, but again, Saskatchewan's offense is going to be negated by just about anybody's defense that's left remaining in the playoffs, unless they decide to show up like they randomly did a couple weeks ago in Calgary. So. I do think you give the edge to Saskatchewan. I think you give they're at home. Um, I think that they have the chance to show up. It's going to be their kind of weather, their kind of game. And Caleros is healthy? Question mark. 
I, I do think I, I would I would pick the riders. I'm not allowed to pick because we all know if I picked on the website, I would be the laughing stock of everybody. It's true. Nah, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, and there's, what you've said isn't wrong, but at the same time, you know, you look at the other side of the coin. The way I see it is, I think the gap between the rider offense and the Winnipeg offense is larger than the gap between the rider defense and the bomber defense. Mm-hmm. I think in terms of their abilities, you know, not that Winnipeg's defense is anywhere near as good as Saskatchewan's, but it's a little bit better than the rider offense is comparatively when you compare like both sides of the ball. So, you know, and we've seen what, you know, when Winnipeg got going, what they did to this team. Now that was a game, you know, there was a lot of factors what happened in that game. They had, like, yeah. they had like three days between games, you know, which was ridiculous. And there's, you know, key injuries at the wrong time and blah, 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 blah. So that was just kind of a storm of everything that hit at the right moment for the riders. And yeah. I don't, most people thought they were going to lose that game based on a whole lot of factors going in. I just don't think anyone expected it to be a 31, nothing thumping. Um, so, you know, there's reasons why you, you would think Winnipeg should win this game as well, because yeah, it's going to be cold. And Andrew Harris is a damn good running back. And yeah. the Riders are still without Mikhail Brooks. And they yeah. um, tampered away. <clears throat> Sorry, they re- they signed uh, Corey Poop Johnson <laughs> out of Winnipeg. And so will that help? Yeah, I guess it can't hurt. But at the same time, you know, a lot of people across the league have overlooked how important Mikhail Brooks is to this offense. Yeah. Sorry, to this defense. And teams can run on the Riders without him. So we'll see. Yeah. If they're, now Chris Jones has two weeks to make adjustments. So I'm sure... You know, in that situation, he tends to figure it out. But you know, I'm not. I'm not going to make a pick on this podcast because I want to save it for the the piece on three down nation slash. I don't have a clue yet who I really want to take. Because um, really, like honestly, I might just flip a coin. I might see what everyone else is doing and maybe pick the opposite just to try and gain a spot in the standings or something. Like I don't know. That's that, 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 crazy. That's, that's fair. It's that, crazy. That, that, that's that's fair. Yeah. So I mean, realistically. Yeah, if you, I, I imagine, I think there's six of us who pick, it'll probably be a 3-3 split. I don't think anyone's going to, you know, go ahead and make sure that, you know, it's not going to be a heavily favored, I don't think, one way or the other. And this really feels like a game where anything can happen. And I think ultimately it's going to come down to which, which inferior unit plays better. So if the, bomber, right. if the bomber defense can hang a little bit with the rider defense, they have a shot. If the rider offense can hang with the bomber offense a little bit, they have a shot. If either of those units fail for their team, it's going to get ugly in a hurry. Oh, certainly, as as it seems to have happened in almost every matchup that these two teams have had this season. I don't think, well, maybe Banjo Bowl to a degree, but I don't think we've really had a Banjo matchup. Bowl, Banjo Bowl oh. was just Matt Nichols losing his damn mind. They played exactly. well otherwise. <laughs> exactly. And, and yeah, outside of Matt Nichols doing strange things... Um, which outside of that little stretch where he seemed to completely lose his game, he's actually been a damn fine quarterback this year. Um, I don't think we've seen a game between Winnipeg and Saskatchewan in all three games that their teams entirely showed up. No. So it, every game gonna... has been, you can, you like even Labor Day, like the Bombers were the better team that day, but the Riders yeah. found a way to win. It was yeah. kind of the same in the Banjo Bowl, except for Matt Nichols. And then the third yeah. game was just hmm, Saskatchewan should have stayed home. Like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think they were just doing us a solid because we are, you know, drunk or hungover uh, during your wedding weekend. So they really just did us a favor by making sure we could nap and have no drama during that game. 
Um, or at least I could nap. It was fantastic. One of the best naps I've ever had. Um, <laughs> regardless, uh, it does, and it brings up an interesting point, and you sent this to me via text message today, that major news outlets are starting to get on to the fact that this game is not sold out. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of the last time the Riders had a game, any game in which, and again, something you and I have discussed, that the players were on social media telling people to buy tickets. Mm-hmm. No, like, I, I think the team has been, the team basically ran those messages for them. But same idea, basically. They're using, and it's smart. I think it's a smart strategy socially yeah. to, ha- to use your players to send your message out. I think it makes perfect sense. The interesting one I saw was on Instagram. There was one that it was it was it said co-sponsored by the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So clearly, the Riders are like huh. e- even like boosting posts on behalf of the players to uh, unbelievable to to try and get the message out for this game now. And that was and a lot of this started before when the game they didn't know when the game was going to play and who they were going to be playing. So that Correct. I'm sure that factors into some fans' decisions on whether they're going to go to the game or not. Um, now that they know it's the 11th. And it works out really well that the next day is the is the day off for everyone. So that'll help, you know, the people who love to complain that don't live in Regina. I'm sure they'll be yeah. like, oh, I've had to drive back that night. And, you know, well, now you don't have to. And right. then there's the Winnipeg factor, too, now. Out of all the fan bases, they're the ones that are going to travel the best to this game. So yeah. it, all the factors should be there. And I think I saw something today it was on Global where they estimate which is a weird word to say. You should know exactly how many tickets you have left. But anyway, they said they estimate there's about 2,000 tickets left. Which which is which is which absurd. Isn't a, eh. No, had, but it's totally absurd for all the reasons you just listed off. You're yeah. you're heading into a day. You you're playing on a Sunday with a holiday Monday in the province. Yeah. So that eliminates your people that don't want to drive. You are playing Winnipeg, probably the team's biggest historic rival, playing them in a West semi for the first time in forty years. A fan base that travels well. And there are still 2,000 tickets left? Like, if this was... I would understand 2,000 tickets being left on the Thursday before the game if this was BC. Like, again, a team that nobody really cares about. I, it just... It, it, it boggles me that you have the perfect storm riding right in the Mosaic Stadium. The season's on the line against your biggest historical rival in the mecca of football in perhaps the second best... Foot, the, the best outdoor football stadium in North America. And you can't sell it out, and you are going full on advertising push with with your players. With it, and I like the idea. It's a novel idea for marketing. I mm-hmm. love the idea. I'm no, not bashing idea, yeah. the idea. No, no. But the fact that you have to go all in like this when you're playing your biggest rival in a playoff game, and you still have people that think we should keep the season where it is. Yeah. Well, in, in, it's, in, it's in the, even in the piece, it said, uh, you, know, you know, we have trouble every year selling tickets around this time of year. I'm like, huh. I wonder why. But I, I will say this to the ticket situation for this game. If it does, if they do end up 2,000 short, it is a better showing than the 2013 West semifinal against oh, BC. Because yes. that game was the lowest attended game of the year. That game had sold fewer tickets than the freaking preseason game. Now, I know those are included in season I tickets, know. and there's a bulk of marketing season tickets that don't carry over in the playoffs, so there's a little bit more inventory, and I get all that. So at yeah. least it will be it will still be a respectable showing like I it's not going to be a number that's going to be like bad. But yeah, if, in every other sport in the world, playoff game where, where there are playoffs, 
they're like instant sellouts. And th- and this is and these are for in sports many of them where you're playing like two games in a week at home with like three days notice and they all sell out. But in the CFL, yeah, exactly. and, th- and this and this isn't a right. This isn't just a Saskatchewan thing. This is a thing across the CFL. Now, well, I think yeah. Hamilton and Ottawa will sell because of the you know smaller capacity and all that. But you know, and, and, we and, see it and, everywhere. And, we see it when it's cold and warmer weather. Sometimes warmer weather. You're right. Sometimes, but I mean, what's the what's the weather forecast? Okay, what's the weather forecast for Hamilton right now? I know I'm, I'm totally pulling the thing on the Joe Rogan folk podcast. You're doing I the thing you swear it, but... you would never do, where you try to like browse for something instead of knowing in advance what you're going to be talking about yeah that's basically <laughs> exactly it and i've always sworn it off sunday three degrees and sunny in hamilton so you know what that means that means you can throw on your jersey throw on a couple sweaters underneath maybe drink the rye instead of the beer and you're fine and that game starts at like what, Meanwhile, one, o- one o'clock local time exactly the sun's gonna be out it's gonna be a beautiful day in hamilton meanwhile I just like even going from my from where I park at work to the office door, I'm throwing on my bits, my heaviest winter coat. And if you offered me tickets and guaranteed me a Winnipeg win and said, <laughs> you can sit in first row center right on the seat, first row and Winnipeg will win because I this is Dr. Strange hooking me up again. But it's going to be minus 10 and it's going to suck. And the windshield's going to suck. You're not going to want to drink because it's cold. Your beer's going to freeze. You have to drive two hours. Or, or, you can sit on your rear end on your couch in front of one of your three high-definition TVs where the beer's guaranteed to be good because I have good taste, I think, and watch the game. This is the problem the CFL's having. And now the CFL is not only having this problem, how the hell do you bring in younger fans with your most meaningful games of the year? I'm not going to take my three-year-old kid to. How do you make lifelong fans if you can't take your kids because you're pretty sure they're going to get frostbite? I have long been an advocate for moving the season up. The numbers are there. As you said, worst attended game. Remember, Winnipeg hosted a playoff game a couple years ago. It was horrendously attended. Like, you can't, if, if this game doesn't sell out, and correct me if I'm wrong, Joel, but I believe a playoff ticket is included with your season ticket package, is it not? It is, yeah. It's preseason in one playoff game. Mm-hmm. So you're 2,000 short in counting all your season ticket holders as being sold seats. That means the secondary demand is not there. Go through Facebook Marketplace, go through Kijiji, go through Ticketmaster's secondary market. I guarantee you can find tickets. You can probably find tickets at kickoff in the secondary market. The league is all, it's all good because Halifax Fight Lobsters are coming in. But the decision, this, this bullheaded decision to continue not moving the season up is so stupid, I can't get over it. The numbers are there. The, the people are there. The people are talking about it. You're about to compete with a league that's going to steal, that's going to try to steal players because they're going to play in the spring. Huh, great idea. Why don't you make it like a lot of these lacrosse leagues go? Hey, great, you're a spring league. Huh, we're going to start a Sioux League again and end well before that. It's, it's asinine. And I'm not ripping the fans for not going because that's the attitude that a lot of people take. Well, if you're a real fan, you'd be. I'm soft. I hate the cold. I love watching on TV. I don't care if that makes me less of a fan in your eyes. Just shut up. It's fine. Like if this game was indoors, if this game was like you and I said, imagine if this game, I know it sucks in Saskatchewan this week. 
Got the snow, we got the cold coming in. But I remember a week, two weeks ago, it's plus 15. Imagine if that was the Grey Cup. Imagine if that was the home playoff game. It's, it's stupid, and it's frustrating, and the league will never grow until they pull their heads out of their asses and move the damn schedule up. You feel better now? I think that's the first time I've gotten... I, is that the <laughs> first time I've gotten really angry on this podcast? I think so. And when, yeah, you you definitely went out on a tangent there, and I was like, I'm just going to let you go, because, yeah. <laughs> if we were in the same room, I might have been able to stop you at some point, but over the internet, it's pretty hard. So I'm like, I'm just going to... I'm just going to let you go. <laughs> you know what? And I, I, you know what it is? I'm hangry. I haven't had my supper yet. Well, we'll be, well, you'll, you'll be getting there shortly. And I, I don't disagree with anything you say. And, you know, I, I understand that there is a lot of hurdles that need to be figured out. Most notably TSN and people talk about, well, do you really want to go up against playoff hockey? I'm like, who cares? You know, like yeah. if, if, if that affects attendance or ratings for like a preseason game or week one, I'm fine with that. I would. Yeah. I think it's far more important that your more important games be well received than the beginning of your season. Quite frankly, so and oh, th- there's a lot of hurdles and there's a lot of things that need to be figured out. A lot of little things too that we're not even thinking about that we would never think about, and yeah. that's all fair. And that's why I'm like I don't think it's something that they can implement like as soon as next year. You probably need to have like a three year grace period to figure this out before you do it. But at least have the idea that this is something that they're considering because for a lot of reasons, as you you know not so eloquently stated, made sense. <laughs> Right? Like, they all make sense. So, and I know people will say, well, it's tradition. Like, so what if it's tradition? You know, yeah, okay, the Grey Cup's been played in November for 110 years or whatever. It's fine. But so what? So what? Why can't things change? Why do we have to stick to tradition just for the sake of tradition if there's a better way of doing it? Exactly. And you said it best. And again, I boil it down to, if you were a genie, if you were Joel the genie, and you said, John, you can have tickets to week one in... May, June, July, or have tickets to the West Final outdoors. I'm taking week one all day long. Yeah. And, and, and some people are will you know equate this to, well, they should have put the roof on the building. I don't agree with that because to me, football no. is still an outdoor stadium, an outdoor thing. And yes. and there were so many costs involved with roofs that people, it's not just as simple as slapping a roof on, roof on it. There is yeah. the, the HVAC alone. I remember was something like a million dollars a game to run heating and yeah. cooling in there. So I mean, we're talking boatloads of money on top of the extra cost just to build the roof that just wouldn't have ever made sense because yeah. I was like, well, you can use it year round. I'm like, eh, what are you going to get? Like, what major events really roll through in the winter, whether you have a big indoor stadium or not? Like, really, what what's what event yep. what event is going to roll through where you need like thirty thousand seats? Like maybe one thing every three years. Is that worth it? No. If they really want to use some of the one facility, rock show a year. Yeah. If they really want to use most of that, and most of those things happen in the summer anyway, right? It seems to. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you really, if you really want to get some use of the facility in the winter, you can do like Ottawa used to do with the old Lansdowne park. They put up one of those bubbles over top of the field and use it. Yeah. You can, you can put up one of those big bubbles so you don't get the seats or anything like that, but you could still use it for like indoor soccer or whatever. During the winter, mm-hmm. you could get some use for it out of that way. You could do that, you know, mm-hmm. and that's a far cheaper alternative. So I don't understand why they haven't done that. But anyway, that's just, but that's just the way it is. And I, I, the stadium is great and I don't think they ever should have put a roof on it and they didn't. And I'm happy that they didn't. And that's not, 
that's not the end of the conversation on this one, but we know this, this is going to be a thing until they actually decide to fix it or they come out and say, we're never fixing it. Then we're just going to have to find a way to live with it or just make fun of the league forever until they actually figure out what the heck they're doing with this. Um, so on that note, uh, let's uh, take a sharp turn because I don't really know how to get out of that. Um, the CFL awards, anything really catch your eye there for me for the most part, it was all out of, yeah, Okay, most of that makes sense. My one comment that I would make about who moved on, I think think there's an overall conversation on how these awards are nominated and how they give them out. Like the fact that, you know, no offense to Larry Dean, but Adam Big Hill has won Defensive Player of the Year already because he beat out Mika Johnson and um, Willie Jefferson. (laughs) Like, (laughs) no offense to Larry Dean, but Larry Dean is not those two guys. So no, the fact no, that they stick right. to this weird format where it has to be East versus West at the most outstanding player awards rather than just saying, hey, here are the top three guys in every category, no matter what division they're in, you know, at least that would maybe add a little more intrigue to the event. But that's you know so far down the list of things that actually matter because to me, it's really, unless you're a player who gets a bonus for winning an award, it's all whatever. Nothing really matters. Exactly. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a fun talking point. I, I think uh, what I saw on social media today uh, one I disagree with, one I agree with. Um, I saw some people critical of Chris Jones for his nomination to West Coach of the Year. Who else are you going to pick? And that's exactly it. Dickinson watched his stampede. He watched the wheels fall off near the end of the season. Uh, the Riders were not good last year. They are very good this year. Uh, Mike O'Shea in Winnipeg. I think, if anything, Winnipeg's underperformed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jason Moss was a gong show. So I think that is definitely Chris Jones is, uh, by far should have been his award. Yeah. Jordan's Williams Lambert. I think he deserves that. Um, Easily. the other one I saw, I, I, I saw that I, um, so I agree with Chris Jones nomination, Brett Lowther, not getting, he was the West division all-star. He was nominated. He had a great season. And yet it's Ty Long getting the nod. And I get it. Long does both jobs. But it just strikes me as odd as, hey, here's your all-star kicker. Oh, by the bye, he got beat out by a guy that wasn't an all-star. It's just, it, I uh, know. That I they, think Long was the all-star punter. Right. Okay. Yeah. So um, they're both all-stars. Right. They were both all-stars, but it just, I don't know. It just, you see special teams, you think more of the kicker, right? I, I think... I know punting has an effect on the game, but I just think what Brett Lowther was able to do, um, where he came from, I know it's a great story. You shouldn't be voting on a story, but still, uh, the the amount of attempts he had to make, his average attempts were far deeper. He was far more meaningful to his team than Ty Long, I would say. That's not the criteria, I he, though. I know, but I know. I know it's not, and it, it shouldn't be, but I it's think... It's not the most valuable awards. It's the most outstanding. It's the most outstanding. I know. I hate that, and it's always up... <laughs> for discussion but to me a guy that essentially has to go out and do his job from a greater distance and with far more importance on his shoulders because the rest of his team at times was terrible on offense and without him there's no way they host a playoff game they still make the playoffs maybe um yeah i i was i was that's the only one i disagree with the rest, yeah, everything makes sense. It's a fun talking point. It's something to discuss while having a beer with your buddies. But in terms of getting all riled up about it, like some people on Twitter, just relax. You're not going to watch the award show. Well, you can barely. Not going to be tell. It's pretty hard to find it anyway. So, exactly. You're going to check on Twitter. 
And I, I, I wonder if Justin Dunk's going to drop dunk bombs the whole night and tweet out, you know, two minutes before the picks that who's won. I, I can tell you how the award ceremony works and that that, that won't be happening because you go into, because I've covered the ones here, um, mm-hmm. you, uh, you go into a room, they give you a press release basically with all the award winners on it, but right. you've signed, you basically sign an embargo that you can't say anything until, until the pick's announced basically. I know. I know what we'll do. (laughs) You, you and Dunk and Drew and the rest of the three down crew come up with a complicated series of blinks and send me those blinks on Twitter or however. And because there's no repercussions for me, I'm just a guy who drinks beer and talks in a podcast. We'll come up with a code. All right. One blink means East. Two blinks means west. Three blinks means help. They've taken me captive. Please send the RCMP. We're probably not going to do that. I don't think anyone uh, really cares enough to spoil who's going to win what award. Um, What we do want to find out, though, is uh, what the team name in Halifax is going to be. And we we, we hinted at this a little bit earlier. We're going to talk about it now because there was another huge step forward for what's going on in Halifax this week, as much as... Um, Josh Smith of the Potsky Wee Wee podcast. His uh, partner Mike refuses to like believe in anything until they're you know the stadium's <laughs> announced and everything. He's just being the killjoy through this whole thing. I just think he just does never wants to get excited about it for whatever reason. But I I think there is there's legitimate grounds to actually finally be excited about this thing. And he's managed to make Josh look like the the happy guy for a change, which made him very happy. Wow. And wow. and you know we can have some fun at the same time because I, I you know. Is it imminent? Is could this whole thing still fall apart? Yeah, but in all likelihood, this is going to happen. I would say probably by twenty twenty one, maybe twenty two, there will be CFL football in Maritimes, and it'll be interesting to see how it goes because I know it's a pretty NFL heavy place right now. But kind of yeah. like here, they don't really have another professional team. So no, I mean, there's been AHL teams from time to time in St. John's, but frankly, no one from Nova Scotia is taking the ferry across to go to an AHL hockey game. Like, <laughs> no, and, and, and they are getting, like this province, they are getting a professional lacrosse league team Yeah, as well, right? So now all of a sudden you're going to have, and they're not going to compete though, right? So the no. only other pro game that's going to be out there in Halifax is going to be the NLL, which actually blends very nicely as a guy that lives in Saskatchewan with the football season. Um, I think if you look at the way that, that more so the NHL, this seems to be the go-to move. I mean, they did it with Winnipeg. They did it with Vegas. They're going to do it with Seattle. It's, okay, we'll charge a small fee. We'll get your name on a list for season tickets. We want to see some financial commitment, a little bit of skin in the game. And then they can go go out and say, we had 22,000 people put down 50 bucks, right? Yeah. Now, the interesting thing with it, there's a name the team contest, and I threw out fighting lobsters. The fighting lobsters. Last week. The Fighting Lobsters. I like it. It's got ring to it. It's got zing. Now, I'm debating to myself. Do I spend the $50 with no intention of ever buying tickets for a team that is several thousand kilometers away just to try to start the Fighting Lobsters campaign? Because I feel like if my name won, I could say, okay, you got to fly me out there. Yeah. I, uh, well, you could do that. You could do that. Um I have. I know a friend in Halifax. I know for a fact that she put down her fifty dollars. I could okay. maybe convince her to suggest the name, if that helps. 
your decision. No, that helps. That helps because I uh, I am very cheap. I am very cheap, and uh, there could be a second Fraser child at any moment now. Uh, um, so yes, tell her to get on the Fighting Lobsters bandwagon. I, I must say, for an off the remark thing, I came up with off the top of my head. Might be it that might almost cancel out that Johnny Manziel cold take. No, I don't. I don't. I don't <laughs> think so. I, I, I wouldn't like, count on that. But what we do know, John, is um, your best idea, as usual, came with absolutely no plans or intentions whatsoever. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.